Welcome to Tranos and the Lived Experience, a podcast confronting current events, politics, comedy, and calamity, all from the perspective of a trans titaness. She's a verbal black belt, skilled in the art of roasting, the hellmouth, doomsayer, CEO of the Amazon position. Here's your host, Cameron Ellen Jarrell. This episode is brought to you by marijuana. <laughs> yeah, see, bitch. Uh, my name is Cameron Ellen Jarrell, and welcome back to Tranos and the Lived Experience. The show that drives into the city with you at a young age to find weed only to get sold oregano and drive home bumped with headaches. <coughs> Today we are partaking of marijuana, trying to calm ourselves, because on a more serious note, we are going to be talking about the indifference of good men. Once again, I'm Cameron Allen Jarrell, but you can call me Tranos, and I am here with Introduce Yourself. I am Rob, sweet, and I'm here, and we smoking. Super high. Yeah. But we got a lot of talks about. We got some serious things to talk about. Don't, don't. Take our level of highness to discredit us in what we have to say. Uh, if anything, it lets us enter the ether and uh, truly understand our surroundings and become one with ourselves. So, uh, in other words, we have more knowledge and wisdom than you at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eat a bag of dicks if you don't believe it. Um, yeah, but on a serious note... Um Monday this week, uh, three trans women were attacked in Hollywood, um, one of them being a famous YouTuber by the name of um, Eden the Doll, a very influential uh, YouTuber, over 5 million subscribers right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that that matters and what we're talking about, the zeitgeist of what we're about to speak about. Uh, these three women were attacked in Hollywood for no more than waiting for an Uber while trans. And the thing that truly bothers me about the whole situation is that uh, the number of witnesses who were intent on watching this happen with no action. That, that hits home for me. That, um, there's a video going around where not the victims, but the actual assailants and, and standbys were videotaping this thing, and they were playing it on Facebook. They were just kind of watching trans women be brutalized and in lots of the videos, you just hear like laughing and they're shit. They're laughing. They're they're literally making a joke of it. They're putting their faces in the camera, going oh, 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 like not helping. One of the like LA affiliates uh, did an interview, and they interviewed Eden, and just to see her kind of speaking about it. Like you can see, she was hurt. She did keep her composure. She didn't cry or anything on camera, because like she said, this happens every day, and the reason why she knows that this is getting any airtime whatsoever is because she is an influencer well, and she knows this happens to people who are not and um just that's speaking what I was on behalf say, right? you know cuz like you said it do- it should it doesn't matter what matters about her being the influencer and having some fame and having fi- uh, millions of followers is that is that the only reason that this is getting any light shot at it cuz she has a platform and ability and an audience to to get it over i mean if this if she was that in the equation, would this be, would this even be 
talk about. Yeah, like she's more of a, a, a vlog influencer. She wouldn't call herself in any way like uh, like an activist channel. She just kind of like lives her life and she just does it on camera. Uh, she does some kind of some fun stuff sometimes, but it's mostly just kind of like vlog entries and to live with the burden now of knowing that your platform had to be used to speak about such an atrocity again. Um, knowing that, like, as a trans woman myself, that this these things happen every day. Like, it's it's kind of, it's like a burden that you really don't want to ask for, but it's the thing that most of us have to step into when these kind of things happen. If we do have an influence of any kind, like, we have to speak out about these things, and we have to make people aware that they're happening. Because a lot of people want to believe that, like, trans people are exaggerating what, what we're saying is happening to us, but, like, there's, this is, what, another example on, heaped on top of the 27 bodies of trans women of color this year. It's what, uh, August? It, you, yeah, uh, you showed me the, the facts earlier today, and uh, it's, it's an astronomically growing number when you compare it to 21 related deaths, and we're not through with the year. We've surpassed that. And uh, it's, what was it, June or July? One of those months was... It was like five in a row. Like five murders in like five murders in a month. Like it's, it during this crazy time that we're dealing with as a country, and it that's only becoming worse. Right. It, it, well, we we got to talk about like it's literally been hundreds, hundreds of deaths. Um, they can be strung together in these like rudimentary remedial uh, tellings from local news places of the, the deaths of trans people or the attacks of trans people. There's literally a chain of them that connects us all, uh, no matter where we are in the United States. Uh, I was attacked September was September 18th, and it was mm-hmm. 2016. 2016. It was in the newspaper in late September, and then literally since my attack to now, there's been like 300 murders. It's only gotten worse, and it's been three. It's been three hundred murders, like, like worldwide. For some reason, like there's just this huge like pickup in like just the violence against us. Brazil is one of the absolute worst places to be when it comes to violence on against the trans female specifically. Uh, there's been videos of them being beat to death with rocks. There's videos of trans women being attacked. Literally, one trans woman being attacked by seventy five men. With weapons and the, the, like in the same same instance here, where the where the the people holding the camera, they're literally letting this happen. Yeah, they're standing by and watching it. Uh, there's videos of in some of those countries, it's part of the like the culture of doing things. Right, and it's sensationalized in the media. It's sensationalized in the media, and uh, the way it's sensationalized allows for that kind of stuff to happen. And also, just like people who who swear they're good, who are pro-choice and, 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 and pro-community and pro-LGBT are still anti-trans. Right. Are still anti-trans. Like, there's videos of us being, even the sensational, like, let's just go about the sensationalism. A news channel will show a beating of a trans woman. They'll show it. We, we just saw, we just saw more than you would see for any kind of physical contact. Any kind of physical contact with any other human being would be censored, would, would would not be shown, would not be, like, sensationalized. The, the destruction of the trans form is sensationalized even in the media. 
They will show us being beat. They will show us being stripped. They will show, like, they will show us being harmed. They will show us dying. They'll show us doing that. And people... Well, even uh, it, it, it just some of the language people. used. Yeah. You uh, can't say the N-word. You can't say nigga on a newscast. But you can say tranny. Right. You they, can say she-male. They let it, they let it, they let it go. We, we, we heard, I mean... You can say lady boy. You can say all that shit because they don't think it's a slur because even when reporting... Uh, violence against us or the deaths of us they're still kind of indifferent to us existing right because it goes back to almost they feel obligated because there's a celebrity involved you know to, to cover this and the quasi celebrity right which then brings about like passing privilege if Eden the doll looked like me would they have said anything I mean she's very uh, very attractive very model-esque um, very young very young, yeah. None of the things that I am. Um, <laughs> I'm, very, but, I'm very powerful and wise. And, and, and beautiful in your own right, but... And otherworldly. But she's very, you know, Instagram model yeah. looking. Very tiny, very, like, editorial. <laughs> so... And, you know... And she acknowledges her passing privilege in her video. She acknowledges it. Right. Um, she knows that passing is something that people struggle with. It's not something that she talks down about. Um, she does realize that people develop in their own ways and that there is no beauty standard and how she looks makes her comfortable. The rest of the world, on the other hand, is like she it looks like she, so she will be respected more than you. So when trans women of color, specifically dark trans women of color with more uh, mask features, are uh, their, their violence against them is sensationalized the most. Right, because it's almost, there's a trigger inside the 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 um, the attackers. I mean, there's something there. They they consider that a pass or something. You know, that I don't know. It, it's it's. I don't believe anybody should be uh, doing that to any type of woman of any sort um, or anybody in general. You shouldn't be just uh, hating people for and wanting to do violence to people for who they are. There's that a they narrative. Can't change. There's a narrative being pushed in uh, urban legend in communities, especially of color. There's a narrative being pushed that what we are is deceptive. Yeah. And that um, anyone who is attracted to us was tricked into it. Uh, but there's videos of women telling men, hey, I'm trans. wanted you to know that beforehand. And them being attacked. Oh, wow. Like, hey, I'm doing the right thing by the legend standards and I still somehow end up becoming trans candy man. Yeah, it's it's like another just marginalization. Right, like we're we're obligated to tell you things. We're obligated to uh, talk about our bodies in public forums. We're obligated to like defend our genders con- like constantly. But if we follow your rules and we die, then what? Because who's gonna speak for? Who's going to speak for you? Who's going to speak for your play? If you guys get eliminated, nobody will. The breakdown of my physical attack from my ordeal was that I disclosed what I was immediately. I didn't lie about it. I didn't hide. Like, and I had a very I had I I possessed passing privilege before this. To some degree, I had passing privilege, and. I disclosed who I was to this man who was being very aggressive 
and being very handsy and, and being very flirtatious to when I generally was just not interested. I was there with someone else. We were celebrating me finding a new job. Like I was actually out with a girl. So it was very a very sapphic situation for this gentleman. So he decided that he was going to hit on what was visibly lesbians or in his case, what he thought was bisexuals. He grabbed me around the hips, offered to buy me a drink. I put my hands on his hands. Put his hands down. I said, thank you for the drink. Please, like, keep your hands to yourself. I'm not really comfortable being touched. Um, I went back to what I was doing. I'm having fun with my friends. We're laughing and giggling. Like, ten minutes past, this guy comes back up. Puts his hands around, like, my waist, but higher. Like, kind of, like, under my boobs. I take my hands. I grab his hands. And I put them down to the side. And I say, please, like, um, I'm, I'm not, I'm not the kind of girl you want. I know the music's loud in here. You can barely hear my voice. I'm trans. Thank you, but no thank you. Like, here's the truth. Here's what's going on. I'm not trying to... Right. I'm not trying to... Cross signals here. Like, I don't want... I'm not attracted to you. I don't think you're aware of what I am. Here is the... Here is my truth. Up front. Have a good day. Not an interesting situation. Not a like, oh, I want you to know this before this goes any further. I'm just, you know, I'm trans. You're not into that. Go away said it really nice uh, this was witnessed by a team of fucking hyenas uh, they were all just kind of like his friends kind of like in the off in the cut being like hyper masculine like whistling and everything walks past and trying to like yo baby and all that other shit and when they saw him get shot down twice and then he also told them that I was trans I became a man from that moment on I was a man who was in the bar deceiving people. Oh, so before that, they were hollering like, hey, hey, hey. I was getting like, whistled like, at. Me and my homegirl were, um, uh, we were doing um, cheeseburger shots. Cause you know how I get down. You know how I got fucking get down. Out here. Yeah, cheeseburger shots with that pickle. Yeah, you don't know nothing about no cheeseburger shots. Some Rochester shit for your ass. Yeah. Um, I was doing cheeseburger shots. Well, it was my second one. And we were just kind of listening to music, and we were vibing. We both had, like, work clothes on, so we both had, like, nice, like, dresses on, and, like, my hair was done, and everything was right that day. I don't know what was going on. Like, the, the fucking... The moon was... Everything right. aligned, you know? Yeah. And, like, I'm, I'm 5'11", but in heels, I'm, like, 6'4". There's no possible way you could look at me and not be, like, trans. I look like goth Elvira black trans, but trans. And, like, I wish I could show you motherfuckers out here in podcast land a picture of what I used to like. I was very proud of myself. Uh, and my psyche told me that my pride is what got me into that situation. What really got me into that situation is the toxic masculinity that exists and the belief that I am the boogeyman within my community. Black men are attracted to us. And when they realize they are attracted to us, if it is not in secret, then it is in violence. It's, 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 yeah, it's because they have to put that front up till the end, right? Yep. Like, they can't truly have those intentions or feelings if uh, they a, beat you up suddenly. There was a black guy. It was, like, one black guy, two Puerto Ricans, and, like, a white dude. The rest of the dudes who were just miscellaneously with them, I really don't remember. But the black dude was the most offended at my existence after I was like, no, thank you, I'm trans. You just got turned down by a trans person. And the thing about what another belief, another mythos, or another fucking uh, part of this uh, 
hood Iliad. <laughs> um, <laughs> trans women are desperate. We take what we can get. That is a myth. I'm not going to sit around and be someone's secret. Most trans women ain't going to be somebody's secret. That's like the old stereotype that comes with of the world believing that no one can love us. We know for a fact that people love us. Absolutely. <laughs> like, we know for a fact that people love us. Uh, a lot, I'm the only trans person that I currently know in my circle who is not in a relationship. And that is pretty much by choice. Like, I could be in a fucking relationship if I wanted to, but I would have to be in a relationship with someone who wants to hide me. And that's not something you should have to do. No. I mean, you're, the whole point of coming out and taking those steps or owning it and owning that this is your this is you and you're not ashamed and we were, were one of the five church nightmares i've accepted that that i'm of the wraith but like, like let's be real about it one of the five church nightmares is your son comes home gay your daughter comes home gay <laughs> your wife cheats on you with a preacher um your husband's sleeping with people in the congregation one of your children is trans. <laughs> That's the the five nightmares. Wow, I didn't know that. I was I was I was several of those nightmares. I was at least two of them. This is the Catholic. Church oh, oh, this was a Pentecostal church, oh, Pentecostal. which my mom found after getting out of rehab. I am pagan by birth, and uh, I found as a youth that people in my family found another religion when it was pressed upon them. Like, my mom became a Christian in rehab. All my uncles kind of, like, became Christians in jail. So, at, at like, moments of weakness. moments of darkness and weakness, they were, like, kind of like, this is the religion that we're giving you. Do not research anything else. This says that everything else is garbage. Oh, you're going to go to hell otherwise, right. too, right? Right, that of kind course. of shit. And There's a lot of people going to hell, then. I was being the black sheep always I was constantly like wait a minute so you mean to tell me we're going to worship the gods of our oppressor right like it, hmm why don't they want us to be pagans that's what we are yeah like reminds me of uh, the gods from like Clash of the Titans where like a lot of them weren't benevolent a lot of them were mal- malevolent to the to the people and it's like well, then why am I going to pray to Zeus who, who holds you in his Mount Olympus? Right. You're, you're of God's stand. Why am I going to pray to any of you? Right. In the black community, like, I see it more as like an American God situation. Right. Our gods don't have as much power because we don't have as much knowledge of them. Like, and we don't have as much knowledge of them because we're oppressed. And the things about us that are, that make us closer to the tribal kingdom we were was knowledge we had knowledge of everything now knowledge is the one thing that's constantly being hid from us constantly our education system is shitty and all that and which ties into the reason why I am one of the five nightmares is because there's not an education culturally about what we are like what we are as a culture what I am represented inside of that culture like people don't we don't talk about that anymore. Where, yeah, like where, you know, you go to school as a child and you do learn about the race thing and, and slavery. You learn about that. That's inherent in social studies, this and that. 
You never hear about, you know, what's like culture before slavery. We don't hear about what the culture was like, why it doesn't exist anymore. Um, we don't we erased don't, like why it's erased. Why people like me show up in history, but are never talking. To, like, we never talk about them. Mm-hmm. Like why are we acting like Caitlyn Jenner was the first trans person ever? Like seriously, why are we acting like she is the first person to ever be trans? Because there's no education of us, especially, and if there's no education of us within a white community, imagine how scarce that education is in the black community. Right. I I knew about Alexis Arquette way before. Jenner there, I mean. Right. Well, when Alexis Arquette came out as trans, everybody thought it was a joke. Yeah. And it kind of ru- it kind of ruined her because people didn't, nobody took her seriously. Like, nobody took her seriously. And uh, unfortunately, I think, yeah, she ended up down that road where she took her life because of that. And that's, that's another statistic that should be added into those murder, we looked up murder statistics earlier, like, uh, how many of those statistics should include the suicide as a result of different forms of uh, discriminations and in yeah because they bring it up when they want to argue about us being like unstable they talk about the suicide rate for us and they act like that's some internal thing like we're killing ourselves because we're trans no we're not killing ourselves because we're trans we're killing ourselves because the way we are treated as trans people is nightmarish and un- but the argument is, oh no, they're unstable. That's why the suicide rate is so high. The suicide rate is so high because of the level of despair trans people on a spectrum have to deal with. Now that spectrum goes from privileged to POC to like the, the lowest rack on the totem pole of transness when it comes to disparity is trans women of color. Trans women of color have to deal with a lot of shit. Now, that's not saying that everybody else on the spectrum doesn't have to deal with lots of shit, too. Mm-hmm. But the level of violence and the level of disparity aimed directly at trans women of color is it correlates with the trans suicide rate. Like, almost directly. Almost directly. Because if we're not committing suicide, we are being murdered. And the average age of a trans woman... A, a trans woman, uh, a life expectancy is like 31 now. It was like 35 like a year ago. It's 31 now. 31. 31. That's I'm 40 years 40, old. Right. I'm a nine-year uh, elder now. Like, how does that make you feel? Like, those statistics, like, knowing, like, like you fit all those demographics mm. for, like, how do you feel? about it like targeted I, most of the time yeah i feel targeted i feel like goddamn like that's I, it's a life of adversity is what's ahead of me that's what's happening like it took me 34 years to figure out like not figure out but to know that like this was the right move like i could not live as Jarrell slash gabriel i couldn't you couldn't live living a lie no any longer. i couldn't i couldn't do it and and it wasn't making me happy and it wasn't it wasn't up to power with what everybody expected. Like, I became Gabriel to appease my parents. I became Jarrell to appease my parents. And one was just, a wrestling character and one was a, 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 a guy's identity. Neither one of them were real. You were trying to appease 
promoters and appease mm-hmm. a system in wrestling too. So I mean, there's there's systems and all, all these buy systems from the the ultimate system where where you just don't fit in as a piece. Right. And you had to force yourself to connect. I had to kind of tailor myself to connect or be relatable to them. I had to think about it constantly. And that's just another long list of, like, it's violence. Um, I realized that I was a trans person in the year 1984. 1984, the year I was four years old. All right. I was four, and I was cognitive that that I was a being that was different from any other being in my house. You just felt it inside I knew you. It. I knew it for certain. I, and my mom, if she was alive, would tell you, because we would have conversations about it all the time, I would ask her flat out, what, why this body? This isn't right. You would ask that as a, as a child? I literally asked my mom, why am I a boy? What was her what was her response? She she said she stared at me like kind of like just like gape mouthed and was like what? And she said I asked her again, and she said you're a boy like your brother. I said but I'm not my brother. You you're you're not the same. And We're not the same. Like I'm not a boy because of him. <laughs> like, like you know you're different than him, and that's your twin who's supposed to be your copy. Right. But. Things aren't the same. You no. don't think the same. No. You don't act the same. You don't have the same interests. We don't have the same interests. We don't. We don't love the same. We, we we're not the same. And that answer wasn't good enough for me at four. It wasn't good enough for me. And we kind of like avoided the conversation until I was like six. And then I asked my dad, like, why this body? Like, why this body? And like, I was told to tighten up, be a man. You are what you are. God's made you this way, and that's how I'll stay. And I was like, that? Mm, I don't think the God's made me this way. Yeah, actually, if whatever, whoever made you how you are, that's why you are how you are. Right. Feeling that way on the inside. Having those thoughts. Wanting to be who you really are. That, on the inside, whoever this almighty powerful being is, or if there is, if you were, if we are created for a purpose, that is the that purpose. That was my purpose, right? Like the the realization of my purpose was apparent, but it was it was stomped out immediately. Like as a child, I realized that every time I asked that question, that the mood and the, the tension in the house towards me would change. I would be talked to shorter. I would be forced to do things that were physical. I would uh, be checked for like where my hands were. Um, when we would sing, like, because my brothers and sisters and I sing, when we would sing, we would harmonize, and I was in one of the higher parts of the range, and I'd be checked for it. Like, the violence against me as a trans person started before I was even allowed to tell people I was trans. Uh, so you're saying inherently in your family? Mm-hmm. Masculinity was the was the focus. Masculine beings in our family are given the range. Like we talk, we talk a lot about about. Like we hear "be a man" a lot, and like um, the fear of gayness or femininity was apparent in my family. Like it was like these are things that we are not allowed to be. You are not allowed to be hyper feminine, and you are not allowed to be gay. And I was both of those things. I was both of those things when I was a child. 
And by the, the age of eight, I was being taught to be more boy-like. I was being trained, like hits on the knuckles, pops on the hands, pops in the mouth, being embarrassed in front of people for doing things that were girly, like jumping rope, things like that. Like I was constantly under like scrutinies. It was just more violence. And it just kind of like, it was a slow, agonizing violence. And then when I got to like the age of like, 13 or 14 and knew for certain that I was trans and that something had to change before puberty happened. Um, I started to recognize physical violence against me because of my I perceived uh, sexual identity. I was being bullied constantly. I was being bullied at home. I was being bullied at school. I was being bullied in the community. Like being a, a feminine was of shame, a, like a pox, kind of like a pox mark. So with that being said, I developed in my mind stages in which I would perfect this male persona to stay under the radar for the rest of my life. I made that decision at 13. 13, and you're living where at 13 now? I was on my way to foster care. On your way to foster care, yeah. I was in the system by then. Right. And being gay in the system in the 90s was a criminal act. A criminal act? It was a criminal act. Being like, gay in the system in Rochester, New York, and being a teenager, they would put you in places like uh, St. Joseph's Villa or um, Industry. They would oh, put you yeah. in a wacka because gay activity was considered criminal. Oh, wow. I mean, because I would get threatened those places as a kid you know, if I did bad by my parents. Like, they would be like, you keep acting up like this, I'll send you to industry, I'll send you there. So. And here's the crazy part about industry. Like, when I went to industry, I lived in Owaka. I was, a, a, I lived in the boys' homes at St. Joseph's Villa. When I, like, when I got there, and I realized what was, like, happening, like, I was like, wait a minute, like, I'm in here for being gay, and my roommate killed his parents. How are those the same? That's not even that's not even healthy for you to be roomied with somebody like that. Like I'm here, they're like, What are, what are you here for? This guy was like, I stole a car. Another guy was like, I start fires and yeah, shit like that. Something violent. And I smoked. And the other kid was like, I beat up my parents. And the other kid was like, I murdered my father. Jeez. I was like, Oh, they were like, What are, what were you here for? What are you here for? And I was like, Oh, I'm gay. It's like, okay, what crime did you commit? Like, right. I'm gay. So being gay in... Were any of the other kids ask like that? Like, what did any of them understand? I had to lie. Like, in my mind, I was like, I'm gay. But I had to lie to those kids. I had to tell them to that I had to... committed crimes so that like, I would be able to survive a day in there because I was effeminate. And I was... I mean, by that point in time, by 13, I was still a boxer. I, I could fight. I was a good fighter. But why would I have to fight every day for just being gay? Like, I'm gay. Leave me alone. I'm not interested in you. I'm not bothering you. Like we Leave said, me alone. 90s, is where it, was, it was a different time. 90s was like, it was a very dark time to grow up queer and black. I mean. Very, very dark time because uh, I literally got put in a system for being gay. Like I, like I, I was supposed to go. They have The plan for me was... Do gay shit in the villa until it becomes so criminal that I end up in the county. That was the plan. Mm -hmm. But being gay is not against the law. 
No. It's only the only time it's being punishable, and people are talking about like things like Chernobyl and all that other shit. And yeah, there is over there. There is a people are wilding out against gay people. They're locking them up. They're putting them in camps. But they're doing the same thing here to kids. And then nobody's talking about. Nobody's it. talking about it. Like with your gay kid in the system, you're that jail. You're in jail for being gay. Well, they, you don't have any rights as a kid. You have so no rights matter. as a kid. So they could be like, hey, you, we think you're gay, and we don't like your behavior, so you're going to go to this place because we feel that your behavior with other slash males or females is inappropriate, so it is socially inappropriate, thereby making it against the law in our eyes and just as punishable as this kid who sets cars on fire. <laughs> Unbelievable. And, and then what that puts... To put you in a room with these kind of people... And have you? I mean, it's like put, being put in a cell. It sounds like jail. And you being put with them, I mean, all automatically in the psyche, that's going to change things. Oh yeah, it changed me. It changed me as a person and got me prepared for the amount of violence that was coming towards me years later. I grew up in in and out of foster homes, in and out of care homes, and like I was treated as a criminal the entire time. I had curfews, I had uh, to see therapists, I had to jump through all these hoops, and it was like, I didn't do anything other than be born to parents who didn't want to take care of me anymore. Like, that was it. But, right. like, I was being punished for that happening and being gay. This isn't the movie problem, child. You're mm-hmm. you're not being put up because you're student. just bad. I was a good student, uh, regardless of the fact that, like, sometimes I didn't eat, sometimes I didn't have a place to sleep. Like, I was a good student. And foster care was just like, all right, like you're a fucking criminal. <laughs> you're a fucking criminal. Everything you say is going to be a lie. We're going to put you in situations that are uh, sexually abusive. We're also going to put you in situations that might be uh, harmful to your your psyche and future. And it's all because you're gay and nobody wants you. And these these, <laughs> like, these situations are from the foster families. Foster families. Uh, Workers, uh, staff members, other uh, residents. Really? Like, you were constantly under some shit with somebody else. Somebody always had a problem with me being the gay kid. So that led me to, let's say, I'm like around 17 now. At 17 years old, I literally, like, slowly started, like, changing who I was in public. In the public eye. In little ways? Uh, My voice had completely changed by... By the time I got to 17, I smoked enough cigarettes and destroyed my vocal cords enough yelling and screaming to where the voice you hear now is the voice that I had. Um, I grew in weight. I went from like 120 pounds to like 175 pounds. Uh, I cut my dreadlocks off. Uh, I put on more body mass and I started dressing more like a kind of male skater kind of alt kid still on the fringe because being black and alternative in the fucking 90s was almost unheard of um it's not as popular it wasn't even in the 2000s right it's super popular now but like i I walk so you motherfuckers can run right like like, uh, even in the 2000s that was that was a kind of a taboo thing it wasn't until lil wayne picked up a skateboard that in in the in the late aughts right there (laughs) right like you hear people like being like, "Oh, I'm more black than you. You listen to this music." I'm like, wait a minute, you can't be more black than me because of the music you listen to. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, shut the fuck up. Like, 
I'm, I was very alt and um, started growing facial hair. I started mimicking the alphas around me. Uh, namely, I mimicked most of my, I patterned most of my uh, Game Saint persona from like a mixture of my brother and Moriarty. Smashed together. Like I became a real life villain. <laughs> like, like I became a real life villain. Like I started patterning myself after villains. That was when you were like living the gimmick. Right. You were Gabe Saint all all the time. time. Gabe Saint at the school, especially all the You're time. Gabe Saint walking down the street. Yeah, and really, like you would, when people are thinking you're feeling yourself there, you're really just your your real self is just being pushed down. Yeah, I'm just pushing myself down. Everybody thought I was being overconfident, and you weren't. You weren't trying to be braggart. You're trying to hide even yeah. more. It and and I was doing what males do. And I was doing it to the level that I even annoyed them. <laughs> like, Did it annoy you? Yeah. The entire time. Because it yeah. was like, oh, this is the part where the male, the alpha male has to be um, grandiose. This is the part where the alpha male has to be overconfident. This is the part where the alpha male has to um, outbrag you. So you did this thing and now I'm one-upping you. Mm-hmm. And you, you said this thing and now I'm like up in arms about it like I had to be like the consummate alpha male and what they didn't realize is I was literally mimicking them mimicking them and working them right working them mimicking them saying things that I totally did not believe just to fit in but it was believable right everybody I'm the greatest cosplayer to ever lived <laughs> and you know at the, at the time I, I'd say yeah, I think you. Uh, I don't think anybody really wanted to step to you at all. I mean, they talk like they do. They talk like they do now. But I'm gonna remind you, motherfuckers. Um, these hands still work. Oh, they still. I these mean, still, these still work with a mind of. They still of, work of the elders. I mean, right. I don't have to move as fast anymore. I'm a god touch you once. <laughs> I'm a god touch you once. All these things I built around me and all these things I did and people are asked, like, why did you hide for so long? I hid because of the level of violence. The level of violence for trans people has progressively gotten worse over the years. It's not getting better. It's getting worse. Like, now we know for a fact that trans women are being killed at large, large like, numbers. Of, like, they're just getting mowed down, like, just hit with the sickle. And we see it now because we live in an information age where that kind of information is available 24-7. We know who dies in Nevada. We know who dies in California. We know who died in New York. We know all this stuff. From Rochester, we know all this stuff. Right. It's all on, it's all on file. It's and we're all there. still arguing with people about the value of the black life, let alone the, the, the value of a black trans life. Right. And it's like, it's like, didn't we get over the black fight a long time ago I didn't know it was you know all of a sudden it came back you know it came, it, it, it was like all I felt like we had as a kid and growing up it was so ingrained in my education like racism's bad you know right but well, well, well they were teaching you that they were also perpetuating something totally different they were they taught you that and you came to believe that well they taught me the same thing and I came to believe that but on a daily basis from them teaching us that till now we both know that that's not the <laughs> Systematically, it's not right. It's not the truth anymore. We the way they teach education when it comes to racial the racial divide, they put themselves in a positive light, 
And that's not what they were doing. Like, just like people talking about, oh, look, the ancestors of Thomas Jefferson. You mean the victims of... You mean the living victims of multiple rapes. Let's be real. We're talking about the white ancestors of Thomas Jefferson were so embarrassed to know how many children Thomas Jefferson fired with slave children. Yeah. That they filed a suit to silence people. So they were trying to teach it one way while that suit was happening. Then that suit fell apart and we had to say rape victims. Not like mistresses and all because Thomas Jefferson didn't take no black mistresses. He raped black children. All of the mothers of his children were kids. Twelve years old. Twelve, thirteen. Like one was his sister. Wow. Because she was the child of a slave that his dad raped. It's completely... And everything's twisted to be told through the system as, as um, well, he was one of the good ones. To... Hey, we gotta stop... We gotta stop doing that shit. We gotta stop... Like, we need to start educating people about the existence of, of, of trans people throughout time. And we need to start talking about why this violence is so acceptable to our, to our bodies. Why 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 is everybody laughing when it's happening to us? What's so fucking funny about watching someone be destroyed for no reason? And you feel like a piece of shit for standing there and not helping somebody who's getting attacked. And if you're comfortable enough to sit there and watch some shit like that, like what the fuck happened to you? Like, the, you're the problem. There, that's the fucking problem. I mean, the attackers are the problem, but that's the fucking problem, too. Here's how humanity works in my mind. I hate the Klan. I would not stand by and watch someone murder one of them. Because it's just not right. Murdering a person is wrong. I hate that person. I'm not going to take their life. Now, the difference is, are they trying to take my life? That's it. I mean, if it's... But the, the senseless, like, unabashed, like, murdering of a person out of nowhere, I'm like, No. They decided, those men decided that day, when they circled Eden the doll and her friends, they decided that day that one of them was willing to kill any one of them. The word kill was said to them a lot during that. It's unbelievable. People were laughing and was like, this bitch isn't dead. She got hit in the back of the head. Was she knocked out at that point? She was unconscious, and Eden the doll was calling for help, and people were just standing there, staring at him. You hear people laughing. And when she started moving, people were, like, actually, like, upset that she was still alive. Well, and then you got the one guy in the video you're watching. He has to put his stupid face in there and smile. I hope hope somebody can freeze frame that part of the picture and figure out who he is. Yeah, he should be... He should be indicted on a crime for not helping. I mean, if you can identify somebody for not helping somebody from getting harmed they just sat there and let it happen laughed at it they believe because they didn't participate physically in it that they are still good men that should be a crime they are the the indifference of good men could have cost one of those young ladies their life for for existing for waiting for an uber for waiting for an uber like I, i can't tell you how many times i got asked what did you do when i got attacked they're like what did you do i didn't do anything what did you do? Like, what did you do to provoke Were you it? dating one of them? Or did you trick one of them? That was actually, like, somebody actually asked me that. Like, they can't believe that it could be a random act of violence. 
because of who you are. Yep, I and did their so. problem with that. I was asked, was I working? I was or pretty much asked why I was a sex worker. Probably more so their problem with how they feel about that because they really feel another way about it. I mean, there's nothing don't. wrong with being a sex worker in my mind. I don't really give a shit. But like the assumption that that's what I do just because I'm trans and that I would trick someone to do it. We fall back into the fucking the, the urban legends about trans women being deceivers. We are shapeshifters. Mm-hmm. Sex workers. I'm getting that tattooed at some point. What sex workers? Nope, shapeshifter. Shapeshifter. <laughs> Shape shifter. Because I want people to know that's exactly what I am. I'm a shapeshifter. You're mystique. Yep. I went from being a Goliath named Gabriel Saint to. A tightness named Tranos. The mad tightness. The shapeshifter. Well, what this really just, you know, I just want to underline, like, it's not right. It's not right. I, I And I understand the media. There's probably parts of that people that allowed that story that wanted something good to happen. And then part of it allowed words that shouldn't have been said. The media kind of plays into it sometimes. They do. Uh, misgendering is violence. Misgendering a dead person is the final violence. In our nightmares, we, we know that some of us will meet our end finally. And we only feel that it is worse that when someone reports that we have died, that they don't even talk about us. They misgender us. They bring up who we were in the past. They show pictures of us. Ultimately, your legacy came down right. to something you were fighting against. They dead name us. Um, some people will will bury us, or they will detransition us and bury us. Do you think on the media's part, it's more purposely done or er, er, ignorantly done? Uh, there's been so many reports to every news outlet with a trans where trans people exist that dead naming is wrong and it still continues so I'm, it's being done purposely at this point it's being done purposely like there's no reason in 2020 that all these news outlets are still dead naming people and showing pictures and talking about surgeries when they're supposed to be reporting the murder of a person there's that and there was the word the other word that that I won't even repeat like a T word I, I, I won't repeat it like out of respect there's some, there are some trans women who, who are a little bit older than me who identify themselves as the word tranny that is their choice that is their that is their thing but like the majority of us i'm going to speak for myself i do not appreciate the word tranny and i feel that it is a slur because it is the number one thing used against us in acts of violence or is the one number one thing said to us while we're being violated or brutalized and at times murdered mm-hmm. the word tranny is 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 the descriptor for us while that's happening and so I will not allow any human being to just call me a tranny especially not in death if someone does that to me fuck the fucking news station up and then the other word was transsexual for a while I mean that was a porn site thing you actually see a lot of porn sites have changed to transgender as their terminology right. for their there's category still, there's still trans people out there who identify as transsexuals and that is their right um, I'm transgender. Uh, sexual, your sexualness doesn't make right. up who you are as a person. Right. My, this, I, this is my identity. This is not about my sexuality. Um, your bedroom is in your bedroom. Right. 
fuck, like, you know what? It's so fucking, uh, the violence. The violence is, it, it happens on different levels. It happens to us uh, in the media. It happens to us in the public eye. It happens to us in the family and private spaces. Like, violence is was how trans people are brought to be. And it's so sad that we still have to watch this kind of shit happen to us. And now people are so comfortable that they would spectate and laugh. Spectate and laugh. Spectate, laugh, and post. Right. You felt so comfortable with the crime you were committing that you posted it to social media. That is the plight of, of being trans in America now. That people are so comfortable with brutalizing you in public spaces that they will televise it. They will publish it. Yeah. Like it's a joke and entertainment. That guy had no idea that somebody was going to care about trans women being attacked until he was in a mug shot because of what he did. He was comfortable. Like, he was posting this and he was um, talking about his record label at one point while attacking a trans person. Putting himself over as being a businessman and all this other shit. This is the guy... One of the attackers. Oh, one of the attackers. One of the attackers was talking to the dudes in the camera... He was telling them that he was like a rapper and that he was, he was going to get signed and people was out here doing weird shit. Like, he pretty much was tell, like saying trans people deserve what they was getting. He was just doing it on camera. Well, he, I mean, you're not getting signed now, buddy. Like, he wasn't that good anyway, fuck boy. Yeah. Only well, reason why you did that shit is because you was attracted to him. Yeah. I mean, and I, th- I mean, honestly, I feel like... A lot of times we get attacked because masculinity... So somebody dick twitch, we can get attacked for it. Is it fair enough to say that probably most of those occasions are somebody who hasn't dealt with their feelings about the, you know that and are fighting against themselves for being theory. attracted? I got a theory. My theory is the people who are most pressed with trans people's existence are the ones who are either jealous of the freedom that we possess or are attracted to us in some way and have no way to express it uh, within the confines of their community, or and, and all that other dogma that might come with being hard and all, or a thug and all that shit. A lot of the time, trans like trans women have black male boyfriends, people that they see, people that they are having sexual relationships with, and I can't tell you what percentage of them are hiding that, but it, there's a large percentage of people hiding that. That they are sexually attracted to trans women and they fetishize us. And when they get caught, that's when the violence starts. When there's a, when it feels like the community is on to them and they can't hold up their illusion anymore, that's when the violence starts. A lot of the times these people who are attacking trans people are people who are in sexual relationships with a trans person. Like the guy who killed... Um, it was a couple months back. It was like during the beginning of the quarantine. A guy killed a trans woman, left, came back 20 minutes later and continued shooting her to make sure she was dead. Wow. She told him she was trans. He still had sex with her. Then he felt guilty about doing it. So he murdered her. Then went back to make sure she was dead. Then he went back to make sure she was dead because... That's the hold of toxic masculinity on the minds of young men in uh, in ethnic communities. 
that loving us is less appealing than life in prison. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it had to be. It had, it had to be asked because I mean, what else would make somebody so insecure that they have to attack somebody physically? The neighborhood, machismo, hood shit. Like, yeah, wanting to be something else. Constantly teaching these little boys out here that they got to be hard all the time. You got to be masculine and tough all the time. You can't cry. You can't be attracted to things. You can't love art. You can't like certain flowers. You Colors are weird. Like, masculinity is so fucking confined. They're like, oh, what the fuck? Like, you like, you like pink? That shit's gay. You like art? That shit's gay. You like cooking? That shit's gay. Like, imagine how much stuff. Like, you know, you grew or up a just, man. Like, uh, you heard how much shit people like, or just attributing gay to anything negative. Right. Oh, that you know, you don't you know anything negative. You'd be making fun of your, your friend. Oh, that's gay that you did that. That's right. gay that you did. Why that is it? Why is gay negative? Why is it a negative? That shit term? was bigger than ninety. That shit's big now. You can still yell out that shit gay, and people will start laughing. All right. Everything we talk about in the community as black, uh, as somebody who identified as a black man at one point. Everything we talked about when I was identifying as male was about protecting masculinity, protecting it at all costs, being a man, even in the face of things that would break a man down. Like, you can't, you're not allowed to cry, you're not allowed to feel, you're not allowed to talk about your feelings, you're not allowed to grow as a person. Like, masculinity is fucking fragile as fuck, and it's one of the reasons why men feel so comfortable with attacking us in public spaces. Because it's the retort to doing something that could be possibly seen as gay or something seen as taboo. The guy who hit on me, he was fine hitting on me until he realized that I was trans. And then what he did was a taboo that questioned his masculinity in front of all his friends. Bitch got to die. It's pretty much what happened to that. Right? Like, oh, the bitch got to die. Yeah, you've got to suffer for... Like, my friend's going to make fun of me for the rest of my life. He's going to call me gay a couple times. If I don't beat you up. So I got to either beat you up in front of them so that I prove I'm not gay, which still proves that you're a little bit gay. Because anybody who would defend not being gay that hard is a little gay. Absolutely. How do I know this? Because I did it. Because <laughs> like, I did it. To hide that I was gay, I fought people. Yeah. Horse White and them called me out for being gay. I never denied it, but I did tell him for calling me out, I was going to beat his ass. I searched him down. I wanted to fight. He didn't want to fight. Yeah, I called you out, Horace White. <laughs> I know wrestling, uh, we don't talk about wrestling a lot on this show, but fuck you, Horace White. You a pussy, wild pussy. <laughs> um, you said some real homophobic like shit, and it was based upon not having any talent and being jealous. And the only thing that you can use negatively against me was the fact that I was gay. Guess what? You were right. I was gay. But I was still a better wrestler than you, better person than you, dressed better than you, looked better than you, fuck better than you. Your bitch fat, fuck you. And um, your teeth crooked. Boom. Ooh, your mama. I have to step back from that mic. Whoa. Your, your wife built like a chair. <laughs> your wife built like a chair. Your wife built like a couch, bro. It's all right. It's all right. Hey, hey. And your socks sour. Fuck you. <laughs> Dirty foot motherfucker. And Sully beat his ass back in the day. Right. So, I mean, hey, I mean, 
All my man, all my man, Sully. Fuck you, bro. <laughs> hey, hey, I, I, it is what it is. But that was a segment called Weekly Call Outs. <laughs> Who will it be next week? Hmm. And I mean it, man. Fight me, bitch ass nigga. Oh <laughs> yeah, I said it. <laughs> see me out on these streets. If I see you, uh, smoke. Just put it out there. There's smoke. It's always gonna be smoke. You know where to find us. It's always gonna be smoke. Come get the smoke. And a fade. In fact, Captain he, Bucky O'Hare looking motherfucker. Anybody got a problem with us? Fuck y'all, and come see us where we be at. Square up. Come on. <laughs> like I mean, do it. I mean, I'm off subject, but do it. Like square up. What was I saying before I called out Horace White? I was on the, I was on the roll too. We were talking about something. What happened when you rolled a blunt? <laughs> what happened when you rolled a blunt and you started podcast? Well, get a little lost there. Maybe we are sputtering out at this point. I mean, we've been going for an hour today. Yeah, this is. Uh, I think we got the point across that uh, you know that was wrong and the media was wrong for. Is wrong on a regular occasion of not covering these kind of things. Yeah, check the balance. Like check the like, the balance of it all. Like what what I'm saying is is that what happened to eating the doll and them was terrible. But I'm saying it's not uh, it. It's not like it doesn't happen every day. It's just this time we got caught on camera. This time we got caught on camera, and this time the the witnesses who were also part of the of being assailants were so comfortable with watching it happen. That they broadcasted it. We are now in a place where transphobia and watching the depths of trans people is almost Coliseum-like. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm going to put this out there uh, for the listeners. Like, if I see anybody being attacked like that, any type of woman especially, I'm going to help. Like, uh, that that's... You don't let a woman get get attacked like that. And I, I feel trans like that, or not, I feel that without question. I feel that without question. But I feel like that kind of person is becoming few and far between now. People who jump into the fray for others, those are like actual fucking heroes, and those don't really exist anymore. And the ones who do, that we are so far away from each other that we don't count in numbers when it counts. The amount of people who will sit and watch that kind of shit happening is at an all time high. Like, you would have been one in, like, 25 people in that video to try something. And you would have possibly got hurt. And laughed at and, and ridiculed on the video. Right. For doing the right thing. For doing for running into the fray and doing the right thing. You could possibly get hurt, killed, and ridiculed while doing it. Question ourselves, folks. We need to question ourselves and how we treat people and how we treat each other. How do we get so comfortable as a society... That we will stand by and watch like the murders and the beatings and the brutalized and the marginalized. We sit by and watch black men get killed on camera all the time. We sit by and we watch like women who who um who step up against their and stand up against their rapists be just torn down in public forum. We sit there and we are entertained by it. Now we're at the point where we're just blatantly just like egging on people who might kill trans women. We're just egging them on. Something's got to change. Got to take care of our trans women. All women are beautiful. And with the, on that note, I'm going to sign out. This has been Cameron. This has been Rob. You can call me Tranos, and this is the lived experience. The show that pushes you down and kicks you in your balls repeatedly. Fuck out of here. Peace. <laughs>